Now sing so I should I work? 
Good to see you too. I gotta know what you want to chew on that one. 
to. Yeah, you can reach for it. All right. Uh, I want to read First Samuel 23:28 first. It says, "Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked of him of the Lord." And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah didn't go up. For she said unto her husband, I will go, not go up unto the Lord until the child be weaned. And then I will bring him that he may be heir before the Lord and thereby forever. Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seems good. Tarry until thou have weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son until she weaned. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah flower, bottle of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord. And the child was young. They slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O oh my Lord, as thy soul liveth. Now this is a mother pouring her heart out as thy soul liveth. My Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here. Pray unto the Lord. Praying unto the Lord for this child, I pray, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, and this is very important, also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord, and he worship the Lord. Often as moms and dads, we go through ups and downs. We have good times and bad times. And, uh, it, but I believe, you know, I, I was talking to somebody and they were like, I don't know that I want the world, way the world is today. I don't even know if I want to bring a child into the world. But in truth, I believe with these precious, beautiful children, the good far outweighs the battle. And, uh, and so in having children, and, and many in here have had many, and uh, with having children, I believe that the good far outweighs the bad. And, and there's going to be times in life, there's going to be uh, first steps, there's always first, first words, first sentences, first time they go to school. You know, when they graduate kindergarten and then they graduate high school and then graduate college, perhaps. All, all of these times are very important. And then spiritually, when they're born again, water and spirit, when they make a decision on their own, I'm going to live for God and I, I want to serve Him. That's just, that there's no experience like that experience. But today, uh, dedication and children and baby dedications are so crucial and so important because. While it may not be what she's choosing to do, what you and dad are choosing to do is a trajectory that our daughter, our child, our children are going to be raised as Christians. And they're going to believe in Jesus Christ. And, and I feel like that's why a dedication is so important and such a precious moment and opportunity. So today, Marlon and Shanae, uh, I believe you're taking these first steps. And, and with that, I want to ask you to give heed to the following questions. Just like Hannah 
gave Samuel to the Lord. And uh, she looked at it as Samuel was just lent to her. But he really belonged to the Lord. And she's just lent to you. She really belongs to the Lord. Your custodian's assigned to take care of her and to follow God's leading and guiding all the days of her life. So if that be your desire to dedicate her to the Lord, I want you to give uh, the following, heed to the following questions as we do. Do you now present Malika before God in solemn dedication? And do you each consecrate yourselves as parents to bring her up in the nurture and admission of the Lord? Do you promise to instruct her in the practice of prayer and the development of Christ-like character? And do you promise to the best of your ability to shape her home life, both by family devotion, words of encouragement, and be an example, most importantly, just being an example of a true Christian. Amen. Church, I'd like to ask you to stand with me, and I ask you the same questions I ask these precious parents today. As the body of Christ... Do you promise to be examples of godliness, prayerfulness, and to be Christ-like to the best of your ability? Would you say, we do? Amen. All right. So with that, I'd like to take a moment and dedicate her to the Lord. If I could see her for a moment. All right. I'm going to give you back. Lord, we dedicate her to you in the name of Jesus Christ. God, have your hand upon her each and every day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, I give it back to you, Mom. Let's pray for the family right now. Everybody would lift your hands this way. Lord, we pray for Mom and Dad and Grandma today. Lord, we pray, God, that you keep your hand upon their life. Lord, there's, it seems like not an instruction book that gives us A, B, C, and 1, 2, 3, although we know that your precious word is an instruction book. God, help us to follow that and raise her the way she should go. God, and when she's older, she's going to choose you and not depart from her faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank y'all so much. Here's a cert certificate and a baby Bible. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. As they're getting ready to sing, God is good to us, isn't he? He's been so good to us. Amen. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Brandon Whitehurst, are you in here? I saw you. Oh, he's out. Okay, never mind. Let's worship the Lord one more time with them as they sing.
presence of the Lord is moving. I know I feel the Spirit of God just penetrating in this place right now. So, as the old broadcasters used to say when you were right in the middle of a, a great song on the radio and they came in, bump, bump, bump. This is an interruption. I, 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 I'm bringing an interruption. I want to come right back to that song. I want to come right back to this place in the Spirit. But the Holy Ghost spoke to me. I, ha I have a, and I don't say it lightly, I have a word from the Lord for somebody. And I want to share that for the next few minutes. And then I want to come back to this place where we are at right now. Because I believe God's speaking into someone's spirit and life. Children's Church, you can be dismissed in Jesus' name. Marlon and Shanae, thank you so much for that opportunity today. Wonderful to have your family. If you would, very quickly, I'm not going to take long. I'm not going to be up here long. I, I want you to, I want you to look though in the Scripture at Genesis chapter six. Genesis chapter 6, verse 6, down through, and I'm not going to read all this down through uh, that next uh, chapter even, I believe. And you'll have to keep up with me because I'm just going to skip over some things. And uh, I don't feel the necessity to read all of it. It came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters were born unto them. The sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives which they should not have, of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive always with man, for he is also flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. And God saw that the wickedness, verse 5, of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. We live in a society that is just trending and moving. If you were here to hear Brother Munden in the first service, he would have told you that. It, it, into a direction that appears very much like verse 5 here. And, and every imagination of the thoughts of the heart of many is only evil continually. It says it repented the Lord that he had made man on earth. It grieved his heart. And the Lord said, I'll destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping things and fowls of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. Verse 8 though, says, but Noah, Noah, there was somebody out of everybody. The world may have all been going in an ungodly, evil, imaginative direction, but there was somebody. There was somebody that wasn't going to follow that direction. There was Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And these are the generations of Noah. It says, and Noah walked with God. Then in verse 13, God told Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. The end of the time as they know it is about to be, Noah. And the earth's filled with violence. And behold, I'm going to destroy them with the earth. And so I want you to make you an ark. 
And he begins to describe it rooms thou shalt make with pitch, and it'll be 300 cubits, and the breadth 50 cubits, and the height. And he goes into all that. And, and, and then I want you, but with thee, Noah, I'm going to establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons, and thy sons' wives with thee. Thus did Noah according to all, verse 22, that God commanded him, so did he. And the Lord said unto Noah, there came a day, the rain started coming in the desert. Noah, come thou and all your house into this ark that you've been building. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. I feel to speak a word. The Lord woke me up 5 a.m. Uh, a few mornings ago. And, and I, he wakes me up at 5 uh, some, but not like this. It, it was almost a stand to your feet wide awake. Awakeness. At five, if you know me at 5 o'clock, that is not me. And uh, I knew I wasn't going back to sleep right anytime soon. I had things to do, places to be. But I got up. God spoke to me actually laying there. And I was like, okay, God, that's a word from you. I got it. Processed it. I wanted to lay back over. You know, I got it. And, and, and it's almost as if the Lord impressed on me. If you do that, you will not. He knows my memory. When you wake up, it's gone. And, and so I got up. I went in the other room. Woke the whole house up. But still. And, and this is my word for, from the Lord for you. Stand. Don't run. Stand. Don't run. Amen. Could we call on the name of the Lord? Could we call on the name of the Lord? Brother Munden, if you would lead us in prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, the one. 
because you're afraid. It just means you're running. And if you're thinking, I'm saying you're running because you're, I'm not saying you're running because you're afraid. Sometimes it doesn't mean you're afraid. Sometimes it's just you think you want something new. Sometimes it's just you feel like you're stuck in a rut and your life is mundane and you're not obtaining the goals and the dreams that you wanted to dream. So you just make your mind up, I'm going to make a move. I'm going to make a move. I just got to do something. Anybody ever felt that way? I just, I got to do something. And, and except for the fact that sometimes, and this is hard for a preacher to even say this or perceive it, but we've got to understand in the context, sometimes it's not, sometimes God's will is to do nothing. And that's hard for me to say. Sometimes it is to stand still. What if it's not time to make a move? And you move anyway. Life isn't always easy. Sometimes situations seem very difficult. God did not call us to easy situations. Hear me. God did not call us to easy situations. He didn't call us to an easy life. A schoolager seems like they're getting bullied. And so what's the answer? Somebody said, change schools. Somebody said change schools, right? That, 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 that seems the logical answer. Change schools. The problem is, is when they get to the next school, guess who's going to be sitting in that classroom right next to them? Another bully. So the answer is not always moving and running and shifting and changing. And in church, we, we tend to focus a lot on travelers. And, and we, we kind of, we, we've gotten this focus on Stepping out in faith in our mentality doesn't mean stepping out into doing something right here, but it means stepping out and, and going somewhere. Can I get an amen on that? Isn't that you, anybody ever felt that way? Yeah, it's gotta be. It's gotta mean God's wanting to do something out there somewhere. Something, and, and, and yet we gotta find out sometimes on the job you made mistakes. Everybody's ever messed up on a job. I mean, you did something and you knew everybody on that job was talking about you. You turned the corner and the conversation just came to the cease. And they know, oh yeah, he got all those numbers wrong. Or can you believe he told them to do that? And so... And, and we feel like this mistake is going to haunt us. And we're not, we're, we're not going to escape it. And, and, and somebody's going to keep reminding us over and over of the mistake that we made on that job. So it's just easier to change jobs. But what if that's not the will of God? What if that's not the plan of God? In church, we focus on these travelers. 
Abraham was called to leave. So everybody wants to leave to do something for God. He's the father of faith. So let's just, let's just leave. Moses had to run to the backside of a desert and spend 40 years. So, so maybe I just have got to get out of where I made my mistake and I'm just going to have to pay for it somewhere else and then God will lead me back. Anybody ever thought like that? And then there's the Apostle Paul, one that he established churches and he went all over, uh, all, all over making and uh, forming new churches. He, he was a prophet. He was an evangelist. He was a teacher. He was, a, he, he was an apostle, though. His purpose, his calling was to establish these churches. But that doesn't mean everybody's purpose is to go establish a church in every city. If that is, praise God, let's do it. But, but if we really look there through the Word of God, there's not a lot of them that had to leave. Most of the ones that we read about stayed somewhere. And, and, and if we look at Noah, who we're talking about today, it would have been a lot easier to have left everybody he knew all the people at the barber shop that he played checkers with that you have sat amongst the people that he knew and built a boat in the middle of sand in a desert where there was no water where he knew he's going to be Well, the next time he went to the barber shop to get his hair cut, they were going to be quiet when he walked in. Because everybody was talking about that boat he was building. But Noah, we're here today in the length of time because he made a decision not to run, but to stand. He made a decision not to leave, but to stay. Philippians 4 and 4, Therefore, my brother and dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. And then he goes on, I beseech. And he gives all these names I definitely will mess up. That they be of the same mind in the Lord, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, Help those women which labored with me in the gospel. They may not be traveling all over with me. They may not be going to Thessalonica. They may not be going to Ephesus. They may not be going to all these places. But they are laboring where they are with me when I came through in the gospel with Clement also. And with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. So when you stand, when you stand, when you stand, can I tell you that sometimes that means your name is going to be written in the book of life. Can I propose to you for a moment, it's not always movement that moves God. 
Sometimes it's sustainment that moves God. It's standability. It's stability. It is holding a line in the midst of an evil generation. That's where Noah was. And he was willing to stand up for the truth. He was willing to stand in his generation and among his people and among those he loved and among those he went to town with. He had a standability and a stickability. He didn't just put on his nail belt and his hammer and grab his saws and say, I'm going to go somewhere closer to water and build this boat. A lot easier there. But he wasn't looking for a new adventure. He was looking to fulfill the one God had called him to. Some people run because of mistakes. Some run because they're trying to escape something. Run because they're trying to escape the past. They did something. Some run because yeah, it, it, it's just, it, it seems like a better opportunity over here. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're running. Come here, Christy. Maybe you're running because you made a mistake when you were, uh, how old were you when I first preached down here? So when, when you were seven years old, you made this horrific mistake, and then you made it again at 17. Then you made the same mistake at 23. Then you made the same mistake at 25. So it makes sense that all these people saw you make all those mistakes. So what you should do is just find another church. Run away. That's what makes sense in our mind, right? I mean, it, 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 because you can go to this place and nobody can see your past. Nobody knows that you start fresh again, start all over again, brand new, a clean slate. You can be seen. But the problem with that is this. When you come in here after the mistake you made at 7 and 17 and 27 and everybody saw it, at least you start working on you. When you start with a clean slate, you haven't fixed what's causing you to fall into that same cycle. So you're just going to go to that other place. Maybe I'm talking to somebody. I don't know. Look at your neighbor and just say, he's, he's talking to you. He's not talking to me. Some run, I, I was talking to somebody recently and they were telling me about this new job. And do you, they, they were taking this new job and they were leaving this job. And, and I just, this isn't somebody that goes here, but I just had this feeling when they said that. And it just happens when you're a pastor. Just, you get these feelings. And, and man, the money was staggering, the difference. And, and I was thinking, Makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely makes sense. Yeah, if you're going to double your pay, you should leave, right? You should go take that job. Isn't that right? Isn't that the automatic reaction? If, 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 if you're in Glenn County, if, I don't know, Chatham County came up and said, Man, London, we'd like to double your pay. We want to give you $250,000. We, we want to double your pay. 
it makes sense. I'm, I'm going to take that job, right? He can build our new building then, goodness. But just because things make sense in a sensible, in a senseless world, how about that? Doesn't mean that's what we're supposed to do. And, and, and so, am, am I talking to anybody here? And if somebody, one person raised your hand, I'll keep going. Okay, I got one. Right, yeah. and, 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 and so, so here we go. I, he's telling me about this raise and pay, and I'm like, oh, it doesn't take much thought process to take that. You just take that. I mean, I'd be kind of, some would be wrong with me if I didn't take it. But I had this feeling, Brother Paul, and I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to butt in where I wasn't welcome. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I wasn't his pastor, but all I can think of, that's not the will of God. All I can think, that's not the will of God. And I, I, I was kind of caught in this place uncomfortable place because the guy, if I looked at him and said, that's not the will of God. <laughs> he probably looked at me like I'd lost my mind. You know what I mean? But, but, but God was showing me that, and it was that night that God woke me up at five the next morning. So maybe this was just something to bring me to this place to talk to you. And to tell you, because I, I, I don't think I've ever preached this or like this ever before because I, I just don't do this but when God gives me a word and he tells me it's a word I'm going to preach it and you see he's looking for some people not looking for a new adventure but willing to stand for the one he calls you to He's, he's, he's looking for somebody that's willing to stand in the face of evil in this evil day and stand for truth, having done all to stand. I had a, a pastor tell me one time, he was like, man, I was done in this place. I, I was, he was in, in another state, in another area. And he said, and apparently there is what, what he prefaced is this devil that just kept uh, on him and on him. And he couldn't overcome this. He just couldn't overcome. I don't know if he was talking about a devil or what he was talking about. I don't know. And, and he just kept on and on and on about how, how this, this ran him out and ran him. Anybody ever been ran off from somewhere? Not... Not literally like somebody's got a, 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 got a weapon and they're running you off. But you know what I'm saying. You've just been ran off. And, and, and so we've all probably experienced that at some point in time. And, and this pastor told me, he was like, I, I left. I, I resigned. I got another church. I left all those people that I loved. He said, and I packed up the U-Haul and got the cars and got the kids. And we made our way across state after state after state. He said, and about three in the morning, I pulled up to my new place and the new house that I was living. And I pulled in and he said, and, and I kid you not, guess who was sitting on the front porch? The same devil that was on the front porch at the place I left was now at the place I had come to. 
Some people run. Some people run from mistakes. Some people, because they're trying to escape something. Some run because they think they're going to have a better opportunity somewhere else in another place. And, and some run, some people just run because they, 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 they have got no stickability. You know, you know what I mean. I just I, I, you, you, give me three years and that's it. I, I'm, I'm not talking about anybody. Y'all know what I'm talking about, though. Hey, it's, it's either a, a different job or a different place or a different house every two to three years because they've been there, done that. Absolutely, we all have. It, and, and, and the problem here sometimes, I'll tell you what happened to me this week. I'll, I'll tell you the problem with doing that. I, I meet people every day and every week in town that I have known for 20 years of pastoring. And, and this week, I met a lady at the fireworks last year. And then she came out to our fireworks praise-a-thon last year. And she told me, I'm coming to church. Never saw her again. Well, I, in town, I saw her Friday, Thursday. And she was like, are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a pastor. And uh, I usually let them ask me that. But she said Christian. I was like, yeah, it, it, I'm a pastor. And she's like, fireworks. And I said, yeah. And, she, and then she talked to me later and she said, I'm coming. Not here. But there, talking about church, talking about the house of God, that's your witness is not a one day witness. It's not a one year witness. It's not a 10 year witness. It's not a 20 year witness. Your witness becomes stronger the stronger you learn to stand. Hallelujah. The longer you learn to stand. Sometimes God is looking for stairs, not runners. Ephesians 6, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. If you get used to too much running, you won't stand when you have to face the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, you know, sometimes, can I say this? Sometimes relationships we have, I'm not talking about boyfriend, girlfriend, I'm just talking about in general. We run from them. When there's conflict, we just... When God has put us together, God has meant for us to be friends. But we'll have conflict, and in conflict, we'll, we'll just kind of stay, we'll, we'll run. But Mark sees me coming, he's upset with me, he takes off the other way. I go this way, he goes that way. That's the way you handle conflict, right? How many people handle conflict that way? I, honestly, a show of hands. How many people normally, until it gets bad enough, that's only three? Now, this is church. This is the house of God. And, and, all right, that's getting a little better. And, and, and the rest of you, we're going to have an altar call in a few minutes. I expect it to be four. But I have learned that I don't like conflict. I stay, listen to me, I ran from conflict for years. And then I learned that the biblical concept of how to handle conflict is a lot better than the Tommy concept. Come on, that's it. 
Because Tommy just wanted to ignore it and pretend it away and stay away. But the, the, the Jesus part of me said, you know what? When you're ready, handle it right. Not screaming at the top of everybody's lungs, not doing it. There's a time. Come together. Brother Parks, come here, man. Come, no, come here, come here, come here. Don't run, come here. Man, I've noticed something's up. And you've been, you, we match, is that what you said? That's cool, man. We match. It's orange, buddy. See, we match. So it, 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 it's meant for us to be brothers, right? And, and so, I know, man, something's going on. You've been distant. And I don't, have I done anything, you know, or, or, or is, is there a problem? What can we do to work this? We're brothers. We both got the Holy Ghost. We both been baptized in Jesus' name. And, you know, we go the same. We, we belong together. So we even match. We even match. Look at that. Here, let me help you out. We even match. So, so instead of him going that way and me going this way, that's not God's will. That's my will. That's his will. That's flesh. That's humanity. Oh, I got a new thing going on over here. He's like, oh, I got this new thing going on over here. Let's just go different direction. No, 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 no. God is building something greater right here, right now. And he needs people that are willing to stand, not run. Stand, thank you, not run. Oh, give the Lord a hand of praise. Noah didn't pack his saws and head for a nice Mediterranean coast in Italy with these beautiful mountains and build his boat right there at the side of all the water rushing in, waiting on just a little bit of rain to come in and it would take his boat out into the sea. No, he built it somewhere where there wasn't water. Why? That's where God called him. That's where God called him. God doesn't, sometimes God calls people to Haiti, not Hawaii. Sometimes God calls people to Hinesville, not Houston. And we got to be willing to respond, okay, God, where do you want me? Because I promise you this, if you stand for God in his calling and in his plan and where he's placed you and where he's putting you and what he's wanting to do, the outcome is going to be a lot better than if you go the whole God wants to do some amazing things in this house. Pastor, I don't like my house. I, I, Pastor, I don't like my school. Pastor, I don't like my job. Pastor, I don't like my city. 
Pastor, I could make more money somewhere else. I talked to this guy the other day, and, and he had a house like yours, and it was worth $650,000. And they paid more there. They paid more because you're going to pay more. Does that make sense? But Pastor, I could get a promotion there. That song by Colton Dixon, it's about Noah. It was built on one of the mercy ships, I believe, or about one of the mercy ships that provided medical care in barren places. It says, I've been wandering through the desert, ain't seen a cloud in forever over me, but I believe your rain is coming. Yeah, I've been hanging on to high hopes because you're the one who makes dry bones come to life. You're the light I put my trust in. Every word you say is going to come true. You will lead me to the promised land. Everything you say is going to happen, even though I haven't seen it yet. And then he goes into that chorus. I will build a boat in the sand where they say it never rains. I will stand up in faith. I'll do anything it takes. With your wind in my sails, your love never fails or fades. I'll build a boat in a desert place. And when the flood and the water start to rise, yeah, I'll ride the storm because I got you by my side with your wind in my sails. Your love never fails or fades. I'll build a boat, so let it rain. I'll build a boat, so let it rain. We can't be afraid of the storm. We can't be afraid of the trial. We can't be afraid of the things... We can't turn off the predictors. Because this is what, when the preacher starts saying, it's the end time. End time revival. I, I, I can see the cotton balls almost automatically go up. I don't want to do that. Preach me happy, preacher. That's all right. Until the rain starts. And the floodwaters come. And then you're not going to be saying, that's all right, preacher. You're going to be like, it's raining. You didn't tell us it was going to rain. I would have built a boat if you told us it was going to rain. No one built a boat. I'm here to tell. Oh, God, oh, she can. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands up to the Lord in this place? God isn't looking today for runners. He's not looking for runners. He's looking for fighters. He's looking for fighters. He's looking for some Christians, some apostolic, to stir the gift of faith, to be willing to stand even in June in 2023. And yes, in June of 2023, to stand for their faith, to stand for what's right, to stand for what they believe in, to, to not run every time somebody says something against them or against their faith, to not run because this place isn't God or this place isn't, doesn't believe what they believe. It's not time to fold. He's called you in this hour to take a stand. God isn't looking for athletes to win a game. He's looking for warriors to win a battle. I said he's not looking for athletes to win a race. He's looking for warriors to win a battle in this hour. And I'm telling somebody, it's not time to run. It's not time to run. Maybe you're in a difficult situation right now in your family or in your position.
position or in the army or wherever you are, but it is not time to run from what God is doing. It is time to stand. It is not time to go the other way. It is time to say, God, you called me here. Here I am. What are we going to do next? God gives us the greatest victories in the fiercest battles. It's a difficult situation at work. Would you stand with me? I'm getting ready to close. Perhaps it's a, maybe there's a stalemate in your marriage. It's just easier to not have it. Maybe your professor's too hard. Maybe the finances are just too bad. I'm just going. Pack up and move somewhere. Pack up and move to California. It's cheaper there. Maybe something else makes sense. Or maybe stand is what makes sense. Trust me. If God hasn't spoken to you, stand. That's what you're supposed to do. Stand. Jonathan and his armor bearer climbing up to face trained garrison of, I believe it was Philistines. It would have been easier to run. I mean, stay off till you got more people. But he knew it was time to take a stand. He climbed up, and he and his armor bearers slew all of the enemy, the Philistines they were facing. Why? They were willing to take a stand and not run. Hallelujah. There's a guy in Africa, I've told you all this before, but I'm going to say it again. Muslim, uh, Iman, been trained in Saudi Arabia, been sent to Uganda to convert Christians to Islam. That was his goal. That was his mission. And he came into our service on that day that I was in Kampala preaching and he said I heard the beautiful music and I was drawn and then I heard you preaching about I was actually preaching about Jonathan his armor bearer that day I heard you preaching he said I'm in that place he said because they sent me here to convert Christians to Islam but the more I read the Bible the more I realize that Jesus is the one true God. And that the Bible, not the Quran, is the book I'm supposed to live by. And he said, but you don't know what I'm facing. They've put years into me. They have housed me and trained me and set all these things up. And, and, and ultimately, he had a lot to face, but he made a choice that day to stand and be baptized in Jesus' name. To stand and, and go into Bible college and be trained to be a preacher. He had a choice that day. Paul, the Apostle Paul, didn't want to run from Caesar. He wanted to run to Caesar. 
It wasn't something he was running from. He took his obstacles as his opportunities. And, and, and I'm just telling you, sometimes in this hour, we've got to realize it's just time to stand. I'm going to say this. As a paramedic, I got a call to preach. All I wanted to do was preach the gospel. That's it. I didn't want to do anything else. And I was a paramedic. I was a good paramedic. I think I was at least. And, uh, but I wanted out of that. Because all I wanted to do was preach. And so I, I never found any satisfaction in my job. I just wanted to run. I wanted to run because I wanted to preach. I thought that's, and I thought running equated to me being able to preach the gospel. So God did call me to Hinesville. And I ran in a good way all the way to Hinesville. This is where I was supposed to be. And when I got here, I found myself pastoring about 20, 25 people. And if you know anything about pastoring, and 20 or 25 people, and most of us then were children, or a few on fixed income, guess what I was still doing? I was still going and getting on that ambulance every Monday morning. I had no voice, but I get on, I talk to those people like this. Why every Monday can you not talk? Well, I preached last night. And then all of a sudden I realized just just recently, I was like, why was my paramedic training, why did that help me as a preacher? Why does what you do help you in the ministry God's called you to? And this is what I realized. As a paramedic, I'm running into situations that everybody's running out of. I'm going in place. I mean, tornadoes are going off in Rome and we're following them. I'm like, what's wrong with this picture? I need to be taking shelter and they're telling me, go down, one four, go, go down 140 right now. It's just in front of you. Okay. And, and as a paramedic, I learned to go into difficult situations. And what my EMT instructor taught me is he said, do you want to know when the emergency is over? when you arrive because it's not an emergency anymore you know what to do Christians apostolics it's not time to run it's time to stand it's not time to run it's time to stand pastor when I was 14 some bad things happened to me exactly and God wants to use you now to help a 14-year-old overcome Amen. her or his situation and get through because you got through it. Don't run. Stand. Don't run. Stand. That's the word. Don't run. I feel like that is a rhema word from the Lord. I believe that God has spoken into someone's life today. And whatever it is, I don't know if it's spiritually, I don't know if it's physically, I don't know if it's here, I don't know if it's your job, I don't know if it's your military duty, whatever it is, but I'm here to tell somebody, there's somebody in here that God gave me this word, stand, 
don't run. Could you just close your eyes and lift your hands for a moment and worship the Lord? I believe that the Lord of glory is speaking into someone's life right now. I believe that God is calling on someone right now in this place. And God is wanting to do something inside of you. Oh, hallelujah. But He needs to work something in your life that is that standability. Stand for what you believe in. Stand for your faith. Stand in the middle of the will of God even when the storm clouds are rising up. Stand even when everybody else is saying something about you. You've made a choice. You've taken a decision. You've made a stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Having done all Stand, stand, therefore. Oh, hallelujah. Would you lift your hands up in this place? They're going to begin to sing. I believe the Lord of glory is in this place. I believe the gift of prophecy is here. And we already have one that's about to be baptized in Jesus' name. But it's June. That'll be 22. If you need to be baptized, I wouldn't let this day get beyond me before I make that decision to be baptized in Jesus' name. God's wanting some people to take a stand in this hour. Oh, hallelujah. Would you come? This altar is open. If God has spoken to you, if God has spoken to you, would you come?
Sister Chris, upon the honest confession of your faith that you repented of your sins, I now baptize you in the greatest name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. In Jesus' name. He, he, he doesn't have to do a 
the very first day you come. Brother Steve back there in sound, I mean, he came, we had him doing media years before he got the Holy Ghost, years before he got baptized. Amen. He, he just, I mean, God is ready to, to do a work in your life. He's already doing a work. But when if you don't have the Holy Ghost, when He gets ready and you get ready, it's going to happen. And, and the same thing, if, when you make your mind up, I want to get baptized, it's going to happen. Amen. Amen. I love you, sis. Beautiful presence of God's Spirit in this place. Tuesday night, we're going to have awesome Bible study. On next Sunday, we're going to have great church. Our fireworks stand is open. That is our largest fundraiser of the year at the Super Walmart. And those funds, when you help, you're giving into the church. You're giving an offering. It is an offering. And so we encourage anybody to come out and help out. Next weekend, that's going to get busy. And that's when we're going to need your help the most. Through July 4th. On July 4th, our service is going to be different. We're going to be having a fireworks display while we are singing praises to the Lord. We may even have some, uh, some soloists or some guests if we're able to come sing and worship, but we're going to have a great time on July 4th with a sing-spiration and worship, worshipful time and firing off fireworks. We hope to see you there 10 o'clock, July 4th. God bless you. Oh, announcements. Brother Parks, I was fixing to let you out of here without, uh, without one of the most important parts. Come on, Brother Parks. Amen. Have we heard the word of the Lord today? Amen. Something to get us right. Amen. For us to stand and not to run. If you would stand with me, uh, I'm going to give a couple of announcements and then we'll pray over the offering and then we will dismiss in Jesus' name. I want to stand. I don't want to run away from the will of God. Amen. That was a word that can keep us and also get us thinking about where the Lord has us today in the kingdom of God. I want to remind us of junior camp. Junior camp's coming up in the month of July, July 17 through 21. Uh, these are other announcements you can read from your bulletin. Two major announcements are junior camp. And the other is our gospel inspiration on July 4th. Our service on that Tuesday will be right here that's the thing that's not going to change. But what will change, service will be at 10 p.m. Outside. Uh, it will be singing and praising the Lord and worshiping God along with fireworks. And this is where you can play a part in the service similar to being able to play a part in the service when we give in the offering. And that is... We have a wonderful display of fireworks, and we will have a wonderful display. What we'd like for each of you to do is to 
go to the firework stand, buy the firework that you love the most. And I hear they have several different types. They sold out of all the seven inch, uh, seven inch fireworks, whichever ones those are. But they've got other selections for you. When you buy that one, please bring it out and allow that to be a part of the collection of fireworks for our fireworks display that evening and donate that to the church so that we can all enjoy those fireworks together. I would ask how many are going to go out, but I don't want to put you on the spot. So. Also, bring chairs that day so that you can have a chair to uh, sit out and enjoy that service. All right. So we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. We're so thankful for what we've received from the word of the Lord today. Now we want to give back as a part of this kingdom's work and what goes on here in this community. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you provide. You've been a blessing to us, O oh Lord God. We thank you for this word that has come forth to remind us that we can stand even, O oh Lord God, in this evil world that we live in. Just as Noah was found righteous in his generation, let us be found righteous in your sight. We ask that you bless this offering, God. Let it be, O oh Lord God, given towards you and without grudge. In the name of Jesus, bless this offering for your kingdom. In Jesus' name. As you come, give in the offering. Shake hands with someone that you have not met with before. Get their name. Connect with them. And let's do this kingdom work together. Come, give in the offering. You're dismissed. In Jesus' name. Thank <laughs> you. 